I'm so honoured to have you come and speak here today. And I would just ask us, could we all just prepare our hearts and get ready? Because God's going to speak today. God's going to challenge today. God's going to move today. And, uh, you know, from the beginning of time, He appointed today to happen. So could we please honour Mark as he comes to bring the word today? Wow. It, it is good here, isn't it? No, you don't understand. It really is good. It actually is good. You see, I get up in front of lots of churches and I'm like, wow, it's good here. And I'm lying. Because it's not good. It's terrible. But it actually is good here, isn't it? I'm enjoying it. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. No, I really love that time and God's here and it's amazing. So my name's Mark and I'm Scottish. Is there anyone else here Scottish? Oh, really? No, that was... You're lying. Great. That's good. In the house of the Lord, always good. Get a lie there. That's great. Wow, it's a bit different here, isn't it? Yeah, people shouting out, I'm lying. Yeah, I'm stealing. Wow, let's do it all. I've just murdered someone. So the thing is, I'm Scottish, and um, I was in Canada speaking, and somebody shouted out from the crowd, are you the guy that does the voice for Shrek? Right? And I was just about to deal with that when somebody from the other side shouted, no, he's the guy that looks like Shrek. And that is too harsh. And you shouldn't have laughed at that, yeah? But you did. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Edinburgh, Scotland. It's beautiful. If you ever get the chance to go to Edinburgh, it's the most beautiful city in the world. And uh, I was in Melbourne yesterday, and Melbourne is nice. It's good, but it's not got a castle, has it? It's not got a castle. Everywhere I asked, where's your castle? We don't have a castle. I'm like, what is wrong with your country, yeah? And uh, I, uh, as I was growing up as a young lad, there was an evangelist used to come. And uh, the thing about this evangelist was he had a massive Bible. He had this huge Bible, and he used to slam the Bible down. And he always started his sermons the same way. He always started by saying, God's not happy. That is how he would always start his sermons. God's not happy. I remember being a young lad sitting near the back thinking, God is never happy when this guy comes, yeah? God is never happy. And he had this kind of weird thing where he would like stare at the crowd and he'd have this pointing thing. I don't know if any of you have ever seen a pointy preacher, yeah? And basically they're like staring. They've got these weird eyes. And he said, there are people in this congregation who are going to the cinema. And uh, sorry, sir, I'm not, I'm not pointing at you, but have you been to the cinema recently? I just feel maybe the Lord is speaking. And uh, it was like, wow. He was kind of like an old school preacher. And everyone was like, please don't let the finger stop on me. And, uh, and then I remember I was about 16. I was near the back and he started, boom, God's not happy. And he says, there are people in this congregation who are wearing makeup. And uh, the finger stopped on me. And I was like, no, no, on, only once. And uh, <laughs> let's not ask about that. I went through a dark time. And uh, it was like, wow. It's like, wow. And he's so angry and so kind of God's not happy. And, and, you know, I've been called to be an evangelist. And I've realized that I've got the best job in the world because the Bible says that the, the, the story of evangelism, the story of the message of God is good news. Do you agree with this? It's good news. It's a positive message. It's full of grace and hope and peace and joy. It's like, wow. It's like brilliant. And I get the chance to go around the world and spread this good news. And, you know, I also go to lots of churches, and honestly, I'm like, listen, please, I feel God say to you, 
do something, put some makeup on, yeah? That's what I say to a lot of churches. Like, seriously, even a bit of blush or anything, just help us, Jesus, yeah? Obviously not here, you look beautiful today, yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly, mainly. So, um, so I've got... I've got this word burning inside of me that I really want to communicate. Um, I wonder if you've got a Bible. If you have, I would love you to look at Joshua chapter 1. And those of you that know your Bible will know that Moses had led God's people. And then Moses has died and God has called Joshua. And here we are. (laughs) That's made me laugh. Joshua chapter 1. And... um, Verse 1, and the Bible says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert um, to Lebanon and from the great river the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the great sea in the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now then, these are good words. Listen to this. God says, be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Amen. Amen. These are great words. And God stirred me, a guy from Edinburgh, to come and to speak to you today to say, be strong and courageous to speak to your soul today and to speak to your soul and say be strong and courageous God's people had been wandering they'd been on this huge journey and then God speaks to Joshua and says come on Joshua time to be strong it's time to be courageous I love that now my job means that I uh get myself into all kinds of different situations. A couple of years ago, I was speaking in a youth event in America, and then I was flying back from America, getting off the plane at Heathrow in London, and getting onto another plane to go to Austria, to a youth event in Austria. It was crazy, manic times. When I was in America speaking, the youth event in Austria got in touch with my office and said to my office these words, Mark is coming to Austria to preach. One of the activities is something called canyoning. Would Mark like to go canyoning? My office hate me. And they said, yes, Mark would love to go canyoning. They don't even know what canyoning is, right? They don't even know. And yet there they are just saying, yeah, he will love that. It's amazing. For those of you that don't know what canyoning is, basically it is jumping off high mountains into deep pools, yeah? That's what it is. And so I flew back from America. I get off the plane. I'm on to this next plane. And then I land in Austria. A man picks me up in a car. We're driving in the car. He says, Mark, when we get to this event, because the camp had already been going for two days. He goes, Mark, when we get to this camp, Somebody's going to give you a towel, you're going to get into a minibus, and you're going to drive for a couple of hours, and then you're going to go canyoning. Oh, man. Have you ever done that thing where you're just like really oozy, 
and you're like, you don't know where you are, you don't know what day it is. Have you ever had that feeling where you're like, oh, I, haven't, I don't even know my middle name anymore. I do not know where I am, who I am. And I was like really oozy. I was really in a bit of a bad shape. And I'm thinking, canyoning, what is going on? You see, I find it interesting that often our wandering can lead to wandering. Wandering can often lead to wandering. You see, God's people, they'd been wandering in the desert for 40 years and they were beginning to lose like their identity. They, they were beginning to wonder, what is this all about? What am I doing? See, one of the things I feel to communicate to people in this room today is this, is that your home is found in the arms of God. Your home is found in the arms of God. But you see, some of us have wandered from the heart of God. And our wandering can lead to wandering. Sometimes we begin to question everything. We begin to question our purpose. We begin, I'm so sorry. That was really annoying you, wasn't it? It's just like, so let me just put it right back there. So the thing is, He's not bossing me around, I'll tell you that. So the thing is, I'm joking, I'm joking. I love you. You are a great man of God. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, there you go. Oh, you should have seen his face then. He was not a... So the thing is, the thing is, is that sometimes, often, when we're kind of like wandering far from God, we begin to question everything. We begin to question, you know, like I get the opportunity to chat with people and I, I speak with them and they're questioning, what are they on this planet for? Why is this and what is that? And they've got all these questions because they're wandered far from God. And when we wander far from home, we often can begin to wonder what is it all about? What is going on? And you know, I, I, I'm wondering maybe that today in this room there might be people who are actually You've got questions. You don't really know what's happening in life. You don't understand what, where everything fits. And that's very possible that you've wandered far from God. You don't know what it is to feel secure in the arms of God. Our wandering can lead to wandering. Now, let me get back to this story. Here I am. I end up in Austria. I'm at this camp. And sure enough, a man puts a towel in my hand and I'm in a minibus into the mountains of Austria. As I'm sitting there, suddenly a couple of things become really clear. There are two things that I recognize immediately in this minibus. Everybody in the minibus is male. I'm looking around. They're all male. Right, that's first. Secondly, and way more disturbingly, Everybody in the minibus except the driver is of the ages between 11 and 14. Everybody in the minibus is between 11 and 14. Now that is terrifying. That is terrifying. Because we're just about to throw ourselves off mountains and everybody in the van is between the ages of 11 to 14. Now you know, you know as well as me, that 11 to 14 year old boys, they do not care whether they live or if they die, yeah? When you are 12, you are like, you don't care, do you? Your mate says to you, hey, I wonder what it's like to set yourself on fire. So you think, I'm gonna try that, yeah? Because you're between the ages of 11 and 14 and you set yourself on fire and you go, oh, that hurts, I'm not gonna do that again, yeah? I mean, 11 to 14-year-old lads, they are just completely crazy. I was at one youth event and two 11-year-old 11 lads, and I says, oh, what are you doing, guys? And they says, we're running against that wall, and we're hitting ourselves against the wall and see how far we bounce back. I'm like, that's good, lads. You keep on doing that. That is good. What is wrong with 11 to 14-year-old boys? Everywhere around the world, they are completely psychopathic, aren't they? They're just like, mm, I'm 12, I'm sharing a brain with the rest of my family, yeah? And they're not here. So this is one brainless dude right now. I was at this event. They like doing these talent shows. Everybody loves doing these talent shows. And I was at this event and I was a speaker. And they says, oh, will you judge the talent show? I'm like, oh. 
So I'm sitting there on the stage, all these different acts, and they're rubbish. You know what I'm saying? They're rubbish. I mean, you're being a nice Christian, but they're rubbish. People are going, oh, I'm juggling, and they're dropping stuff. That's not juggling. That's dropping stuff, yeah? And I've got to be like all Christian, like, oh, ha, 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 amazing. Well done for dropping those things. That's good. I'm getting really, like, bored. It's terrible. And then this little 12-year-old lad comes out, right? And this was the finest moment of my life. And he started singing. And this is what he did. He went, do you remember the song, My Jesus, My Savior, Lord, There Is None Like You? He was singing that. And this is how it went. He went, my Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none. His voice broke during the song. Oh, it was awesome. I was literally, I was in heaven. I was laughing my pants off, yeah? I couldn't breathe. Nobody wants to hit puberty in front of a whole crowd, do they? I was killing myself. My wife said that I was very wrong and selfish and bad and that I should apologize to that little boy. And I did. I bought him a present. I got him some shaving foam. So the thing is... So 11 to 14-year-old lads were sitting in the minibus. I'm thinking, man, this is bad. This is very bad. This is not good. We get to the first jump and it's like... Seven meters. That's the first jump, right? These 11 to 14-year-old boys, they're getting up, right? They're running off. They do not even care if there's water at the bottom, yeah? They're just throwing themselves off. They've not even looked to see if there's water there. They're just like, ah, I'm 12. It doesn't matter if I live or if I die. Whoa. And so I'm there. I am at the, I am at the back because I like living yeah I like being alive and uh, I'm thinking oh man oh man I get to the end I'm looking down and this is bad I'm thinking I don't want to do this this is this is long this is bad seven meters I'm not doing good with this I am not doing good with this and then we hit the next problem the next problem is that the instructor can only speak in German now I'm Scottish I can barely speak English, yeah? I am looking down. He's shouting to me in German. I didn't do German at school. I don't know what I don't know what he's saying. And he did that thing. You guys have done it. I've done it. You know when you speak to someone of a different language, if they don't understand what you say, what do you do? You say it louder, yeah? That doesn't help. It doesn't help because if you don't understand it, you don't understand it. Doesn't matter about the volume. He's shouting up to me. I'm looking, I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. And then he's pointing. And I'm thinking, oh, what does that mean? What, wait, what does that mean? Do jump there, jump there, jump there. Or is he saying, whatever you do, don't jump there, yeah? I have no idea. I'm just looking down. I'm like, oh, man, this is bad. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And so I have this little moment. I have this little moment of revelation. I'm looking at him, and I'm kind of basically working out where I think he's telling me to jump. And then I think, do you know what? I don't fully understand this guy. I'm just going to have to trust him. I don't understand everything, but I'm going to have to have a moment of trust. And so I have this moment where I'm like, okay, I'm putting my faith in you, buddy. And I jump. And of course, everything's fine. And I find it interesting, you see, because I said that many of us have wandered from God. And that God is looking for people today. This could be your moment where God is calling you to jump into his arms. And he is speaking to you in the language of faith. You see, God does not speak to us in the same language he, as our friends and in our mates. He speaks to us in the language of faith. And God's saying to you, he's saying, come on, you're going to have to trust me. You see, if you've come today and you think that in this next 10 or 15 minutes, every question is going to be answered, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. If you think I'm going to be able to kind of roll it up in some kind of neat talk, every question that's ever been asked about the universe and life, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. You see, you need to take a step of faith. You need to say, God, I don't fully understand everything, but I, I trust you, God. I trust you. I'm stepping out. I'm going to take this opportunity in God. I am stepping out in faith. And I trust that you will be there for me. 
And not only for those of us who maybe have wandered far from God, but even for Christians today. I'm speaking to you today. You see, God speaks to us in the language of faith. I was a minister of a church and things were going well and uh, we were going to have our first baby and my wife was eight months pregnant and basically God spoke to me in the language of faith and said, Mark, I want you to become an evangelist and I had to give up my job a full-time wage and step into faith where there was no money. Now that is awesome and in a book, that is awesome. But when you're telling your eight-month pregnant wife, yeah, that you're going to give your wage up, yeah, and that you're going to go and do something for God where there's no money, yeah, that is less awesome, yeah? That is way less awesome. Like you're looking at your wife and you're saying, Tamsin, guess what? It's great news. God has called me to give up my wage and to become an evangelist. She's looking at me. She's like, who's going to pay for the nappies? Do you call them nappies or do you call them diapers? You call them nappies. Good Australia. Well done. There's many things I love about you. There's a few things I'm not sure about. Kangaroos, leave them. So the thing is, they're not for you. Leave them. You don't need them. Get them out of your life. So the thing is, I am speaking to my wife. And we don't understand where the money's coming from. We don't understand how it's all going to work. She's asking me all these questions and I've got no answers to any of the questions. And I'm thinking, God, this, this is not how it happens in the American books. Do you know what I'm saying? I read American books and the guy goes in and says, darling, sweetheart, God's called us to do these amazing things. And the lady goes, oh, you're an awesome man of God. Yeah, I love you. Let's do it together. My wife's looking at me going, where are the nappies coming from? "Mm." But you know what? Together, we said, we don't understand it all, but we I've got to have faith that God is calling us to step out in faith. And we say, God, we trust you. And I want to say 20 years on that God has never let me down. And that we stepped out financially in God and God has met our every need. And that God says, if you step out in faith, I don't know what God's little nudge for you is. I don't know what God's provoking you to do. But what I will say is that Listen, if God is provoking you to do something pretty awesome, then I'm going to ask you that you step out of the comfort zone. Step out from the edge of the cliff and you go and God will meet you there. Amen? Wow. And so here we are. God saying to Joshua, be strong and courageous. But here's the real nub of what I want to chat to you guys about. What I felt stirred up to talk to you about this morning. Because I love this. Joshua hears it from God. Be strong and courageous. Joshua then speaks to the people, just like here today. And he says to them, this is what's going to happen. I'm the leader now. God's told me this, 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 and this. And he gives this announcement and he talks to the people. But if you look in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 18, it's absolutely fantastic. The Bible says, then they answered Joshua. Imagine if today's sermon, I get to preach, but then I get to sit down and you get to speak back to me. We're not going to do that. But imagine, some of you are like, oh yeah, let me have a go. I'll tell you a few things. No, do you know what? This is what happens. Joshua preaches and then the people, they answer Joshua. Now, listen to what they say. This is brilliant. Wow. They say in verse 17, just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Now then it says this. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them, they'll be put to death. If anybody rebels against the leadership, they will be put to death. Now Charles asked me to kind of do a few minutes on this and I says Charles that was the Old Testament we don't do that anymore he says no you tell them you tell them if they do not obey me they will be put to death it's like Charles we need to have a little chat about this this is not how it works anymore but then this is the bit that's brilliant listen to this they then speak 
they then speak back to Joshua and they say to Joshua, Joshua, only be strong and courageous. They speak back to Joshua and say, Joshua, we're going to follow you. We're going to do what you're saying. We're going to be this people of faith. But Joshua, you must be strong and courageous. And I really feel today that God is stirring you up. That you would be a community, a daring, a daring community. That you would absolutely be part of a daring culture. That you would begin to provoke each other to greatness. That you would begin to speak to each other's souls. And that you would begin to say, hey, be strong and courageous. That you would begin to provoke each other. That you would do far more and far greater than you ever dreamed or imagined. They speak back to Joshua and they say, Joshua, hey, only Joshua, be strong and courageous. You see, I need to tell you that in that little mountainside in Austria, I learned something because this is what happened. We did a few more jumps and they were getting bigger and bigger and higher and higher. And then we got to the final jump and the final jump was nine meters. Even the 11 to 14 year old boys are now having a little look. No one's talking. Everyone's focused they're still jumping off but now at least they're looking it's like oh man you need to know i'm not in good shape i am not in good shape i've jumped off a few now i've done pretty well i'm feeling pretty scared nine meters i'm ready i'm i'm ready to finish and none of these boys could speak english except one boy he had a little bit of english he came over to me and I'm at the back and I'm not feeling great. I'm thinking, oh man. And he comes up to me and he just puts his hand on my back and he just said, you, um, you are, um, you are, um, how you say, you are um, a baby. That's what he said. This little snotty-nosed 12-year-old kid comes up to me and calls me a baby. You need to know, I jumped off that stinking thing, yeah? I jumped off it. Why did I jump off it? I jumped off it because I was suddenly part of a daring culture. That little lad, he provoked something in me that I would not have done. You need to understand, if I'd been with you, if we'd been doing that together, we would have all been going, listen, listen, we've done well. Haven't we done well? We've done well. Let's go and have a cup of tea, yeah? We've done we don't need to we don't need to prove anything. We do not need to prove anything to ourselves. We are good people. Let's go and have a cup of tea. But that little snotty-nosed lad got under my skin. And he says, you're a baby. And I thought, right, I'm going to show you who's a baby, yeah? And I jumped off. And you see, I find it so interesting. Is it like that little lad got more out of me than I even knew was in there? And there are people around our lives who can provoke us, who can provoke us and say, do you know what? There is greatness inside of you. There is more in you than you think. There are people around our lives who come along and they, they prod and they poke and they say, come on, let's not do comfortable. Let's not do mediocre. Let's not do average. Let's not do ordinary. There's more inside of you than you think. That has been part of a daring culture. I want to be part of a daring culture. I want to begin to pray for people and see them get healed in the name of Jesus. I want to put my hands on cancers and see them go in the name of the Lord. I want to be someone who's speaking the word of God honestly and truthfully. And I say, God, I'm available to you. So God begins to provoke me. God he begins to speak to me and say, Mark, I want you to start prophesying over people who are not yet Christians. 
I'm like, oh, come on. She went, God, come on, God. Because you know when you prophesy over Christians, Christians are lovely, aren't they? They're nice. They help you. So you like, I feel God saying, you're, you're good. You're doing well. They're like, hmm, well, good. I feel God saying you're going through a tough time. Hmm, tough time. Yeah? But when it's a non-Christian, non-Christians just stare at you, yeah? And you're like, hmm. I was at this event. God had told me to speak at this event. And I was preaching. And these three lads came in. They'd all got beers in their hand. They were near the back. They were actually at something else. They were not Christians. I was talking to these Christians. And they're talking to each other. They're on their phones. They're mucking around. Now, I'm a bit of an attention-grabbing, seeking person, yeah? I'm a bit of an egomaniac, yeah? Lord help him. And uh, I'm doing everything I can do to get their attention. And they're just like mucking around. They're talking to each other. And the guy in the middle is particularly doing my head in, yeah? He's like talking, mucking around. At the end, God speaks to me. And God said, Mark, I want you to go up and give a word over that guy, the guy in the middle. I am like, no, you give a word to that guy. I'm not doing it, yeah? He did my head in. He didn't listen to a word I was saying. God's like, Mark, you need to do it. I says, God, I don't even think he's a Christian. You do it. So I am part of a daring culture. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey, buddy. <laughs> I said, um, <laughs> I, says, uh, I, feel like, uh, I feel like God's giving me something to say to you. Can I say it? He goes, no. I said, so? He says, no. He goes, I'm not a Christian. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of that religious stuff. He says, no, I don't want you, I don't want you to say anything. So I wish that I could say that I stepped back and I pointed up to God. And God, boom, he sent an angel. And the angel said, you listen to him, yeah? You listen to him or bad things will happen to you. That's what I wish I could say. That didn't happen, yeah? What did happen is I said, listen. In a minute, I'm going to get in my car. I'm going to drive away. You'll never see me again. I'll never see you. You'll never see me. Just let me say what I think I think to say. Just listen to it. And then that's it. We're done. Okay? He looks at me and he went, okay. So, man, I prophesied over that guy. 95% of it was God. 5% of it was God channel. Yeah? I prophesied over him. I'm telling you. It was the best prophecy I have ever given, yeah? And I am convinced that when I'm going to open my eyes, he is going to be on his knees sobbing, yeah? I opened my eyes as I finish, and he went, right, have you got that out your system? That's what he said. <laughs> you don't see that with Jesus, do you? You do not see that with Jesus. He does not heal people and they say, oh, have you got that over and done with, yeah? I'm like, ah! I was like, I says, well, God bless you. Get in my car. That's it. I drove away. I was mad at God. I was like, oh. Anyway, a few weeks later, I'm in our church in Nottingham. And uh, kind of like to do that bit where they did it here, you know, where you go and speak with someone and kind of like there. And suddenly there's a guy coming towards me from the other side. And he's looking at me like he knows me. And he's coming towards me. Now, I'm, I'm absolutely rubbish with names and faces, right? I've seen lots of people. I, I can even barely tell who my wife is, right? I, I mean, I, I definitely knew this was not my wife, but I was like, I'm thinking, I don't know who this guy is. He's coming towards me. He thinks he knows me. I'm looking at him. He can see that I do not have a clue who he is. He comes up to me and he says, hey, he goes, do you remember? And he just, I was, oh. he goes, and you did those magic sprinkly words over me. I says, yeah, I think they're called, that's called prophecy. Yeah, I think that's called prophecy. He went, yeah, the magic sprinkly words. He said, you said them. He goes, I thought you were a complete psychopath. He says, I like went away thinking, that guy's an idiot. Because, but guess what? He says, the next two weeks, everything that you said began to happen. He goes, I said to my girlfriend, that Scottish guy, everything he said is happening, it's come true. He says, so I Googled you and found out where you were. He goes, and I found out you came to this church. And he goes, last week I came to see you. 
And he says, but you weren't here. You were out preaching somewhere else. So he says, some other guy was up on the stage speaking. And he began to speak about Thomas. He began to speak about doubt in Thomas. He goes, my name is Bill. So they... That was a childish gag. I'm sorry. I am, can I be the first to apologize for that? There was no need for that. You were all there, and I would spoil it by that stupid, childish, immature joke. Sorry. No, of course. He said, my name is Thomas. He goes, my name's Thomas. And he, I was like, why? He says, and I put my hand up. He goes, and the next thing my girlfriend put her hand up, we became Christians. He goes, and we're like, going to commit our lives to God. And I'm like, wow, God, I stepped on the edge and I threw myself out. I threw myself out there and guess what, God, you were there for me. And you all want to come and I feel so stirred up to speak to you today, not to just live in the middle lane, not to live in average and mediocre, but let people come along and just provoke you to greatness, to be part of a daring culture, to become part of something that's like, wow, God. You have wanted me to do something more with my life than I ever dreamed or imagined. You know, I just feel, I just feel that like as they spoke to Joshua, they says, Joshua, that's all good, but Joshua, you must be strong and courageous. And I wanted to just tell you just two minutes about what happened in my life that was profound. I became an evangelist and I went and spoke in all these different places. But guess what? 99% of the crowds were Christian. There was no non-Christians at the events. I'm spreading the gospel, but there's nobody there to hear it. I'm doing all these churches. My wife, she books me into a theater and I see a comedian. This guy's hilarious, but in the middle, he's got a story. He wants to communicate a message. It's not a Christian message, he's not a Christian, but he's communicating a message. God speaks to me in the theater and said, Mark, I want you to do that. God, I've been to Bible college, I'm a pastor, what are you talking about? I want you to do that. I write a little show, I put it together, and my wife and me, we book a theater on the outskirts of Nottingham. It's only a little theater, there's 70 people um, come, it's it's a, a hundred seater, 70 people come. And out of that 70 people, quite a lot of people are not yet Christians. I do the show. Then you've got to understand, some of it was funny. People were laughing. People were loving it. But there were moments that were horrendous. There were moments where people were clenching their buttocks. Yeah, There were moments where it was like, you know the tumbleweed that comes through a room? Do you know what I'm saying? It goes back again. Charles, have you ever ha- had, had that? Yeah, you have. And uh, it's like, oh, it was like, some of it was like, mm. I got towards the end. I went for response. Five people gave their lives to God. Five people. I was like so upset. I was excited. I was up for it. I was like, wow. And then two Ministers, I'd invited two ministers to come and see this. The first one came, said a couple of things, off he went. The second one came, he goes, Mark, what are you doing? He goes, are you trying to be on TV? He goes, do you think you're a, what, what are you doing? He says, you need to go back to preaching in churches. He says, Mark, that was terrible. He goes, how embarrassing was that? He goes, oh, you were telling your little stories, trying to make people laugh. He goes, do you know that there were people in that room that were absolutely dying because you were just rubbish. He goes, stop theater. Stop trying to do comedy festival. He says, get back in churches. And off he went. You know, one of those moments where you're like, hey, thanks for the feedback. And it's like, <laughs> we're driving in the car home. My wife's driving. We're driving and Tamsin, she's chatting away. She's, oh, it was an amazing. Five people made responses. She's so excited. She went, Tamsin, I'm never doing it again. She's like, what? I tell her about the minister and what he said. I don't know if you've ever seen your wife or your husband or your partner so angry that the vein in their neck actually comes out of their body. Have you ever seen that? It's bad. She says, listen to me. Listen to me. I looked up at God. I says, God, 
should I listen to her? God was like, I'm listening to her, so you should listen to her. You know, when God's like, I would definitely listen to her. She's pretty angry. I looked at her. She goes, Mark, it is true that some of the stories you said tonight should never be said again out loud. She goes, that is true. She goes, but there were moments where you were brilliant. There were moments where it was funny. There were moments where it was engaging. She goes, and people were listening to every single word you said. Five people responded for God. She goes, you are doing it again. We did it again. We did it in theaters. Started to do it in different places. I took out some stories. I changed things. I got things better. And then we started to do it. And God's blessing was on it. We did it in Lincoln, in, um, in England, in 700 theater. And, and 120 people made a first-time response for God. It's like, wow. But what I didn't know, what I didn't know was that that minister was in that one in Lincoln. He'd sneaked in at the back. The guy that was there on the first night, he comes forward to me. I see him. He comes forward. He's like, wow, that was amazing. He says, you must keep on doing that. <laughs> you know, when like you're listening and I'm thinking as soon as he stops talking, I am going to let him have it. I am going to tell him exactly. If I had listened to you, I would never have done it. I was ready to go. Yeah, but God's like, no, no, fingers on lips. No, no, no. Be the bigger man. I let him finish and I says, God bless you. Shook his hand. Off he went. And now I speak about him all over the world. And so the thing is, bless you, brother. And the thing is, it's grown and grown. We were doing Edinburgh Festival. Edinburgh Festival where I used to go as a young lad and sit in that festival and watch comedians ripping the name of Jesus to shreds. And 16 years old, I sat there and said, one day I'm going to be on that stage and lift up the name of Jesus. And that is what is happening. And we're getting the opportunity to see thousands. This show that we're going to do on Wednesday, 17,000 people are going to see it. 11,000 of them are not yet Christians, but God is going to turn lives around and do amazing things. And I'm excited to tell you that when you step out in faith, when you speak to your soul and you say to your soul, be strong and courageous. See, friends, as I'm coming to the end, I don't know if maybe one or two of the band can come and help me, but I'm speaking to you and I'm saying, let us dare greatly together. Let us dare greatly together. You were not designed or created for ordinary and average. You were made for incredible and you were made for excellence. Wow. You see, I wanted to read these words to you because I believe that they are true. Bravery is not the absence of fear. But it's when something in your innermost being rises up and is bigger than the fear that lurks in your heart. Bravery is when there's a conviction inside of you that is greater than the fear. You feel nervous? You feel worried? Sure. That's fine. But there's a conviction inside of you that is greater. It's greater. See, friends, this generation is going to hell. And even this week, you've got the opportunity that on Wednesday, you could bring your neighbor, your world, your boss, your family member, you could bring them to the show on Wednesday. And they can have a laugh. We can listen to daft stories and then we can hear the message of the gospel sure you're a bit nervous to talk to your friend and invite them but guess what bravery is not the absence of fear but it's when there's a conviction inside of you that is greater than your fear oh friend that you would jump off the solid ground into the arms of God I'm provoking you to be bigger and greater than you ever dreamed you could be. I'm coming along and I'm poking and I'm saying, guess what? There's more inside of you than you ever thought. I wonder for a moment if we could just bow our heads in the presence of God. And as we're in the presence of God, I just like really sense and feel that there's some people in 
You've been wandering far from God and it's led to wandering. And you're here and you're like, do you know what? God is calling you. He's calling you to jump. He's calling you to jump into his arms. I'm going to do something really simple right now. Is I'm going to just pray a really short prayer. Why don't you pray it after me? Don't say it out loud, but just say it in your heart. And God will hear that prayer. And then I'm going to say amen. And, and when I've said amen, we're just going to keep our heads bowed for a couple more moments. And I'm going to count to three. And on three, I'm going to say, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to stick up your hand. And someone's just going to come. And we've got something we'd love for you to have. And they're just going to put that in your hand. You take it and, and just put it under your chair. But right now, why don't you pray this prayer in your heart after me? This is the prayer. Father God, you call me. You call me to take a step of faith. I jump into your arms. Thank you for your love and your forgiveness. I'm sorry about my stuff, but I know that you have forgiven me. In Jesus' name, amen. As our heads stay bowed just for a couple more moments, I'm going to count to three. And on three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you just to quietly put up your hand. One, two, three. That's great. That's amazing. Just keep your hand up while people come. The team are just coming now. Just keep your hand up there. That's fantastic. Some more people just a bit nearer the front there, guys. That's brilliant. Is there anyone else before I move on? People just responding in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want you to quiet as your hearts are quiet before God right now. I just want as your heart is quiet before God. Father, we thank you for people responding to you and beginning on this amazing journey. We thank you for that. We're going to listen to a song now. And our hearts are quiet before God. And I feel God just wants to do one last little challenge in our spirit. Amen.
stand in the presence of God is that okay to stand in God's presence we're going to be over in a couple of moments but you know what I feel stirred in my soul that you would look to God I was just arguing in my head about whether maybe we could just get one or two people to put their hands up to this response and I felt do you know what I, I, I got to lead the way and I got to take my step of faith and then in a moment I, I'm going to ask you that, that you would look to God that, that today that you would say, do you know what? I, I want to be provoked to, to be greater. I, I want to be part of this daring culture. That some of you, you're going to be provoked to talk to your friends about Jesus. You're going to be provoked to put hands on sick people. You're going to be provoked to do greater exploits than you ever dreamed you could have been. And what I'm going to say to you is that I'm going to pray a really short prayer. And if today you're a Christian here and, and, you're, and, and you're like, do you know what, God, I, I, I want to step out in faith. I, I, I want to be strong and courageous. I want to do more than I've ever done. I want to do more than I thought was possible. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, then I'm going to call you to come and stand at the front here because I've got a prayer inside of me. Maybe it will be one person. Maybe it's 50. Maybe it's 100. I don't know, but whoever it is in this room, that you would say, do you know what? God, I look to you, and I am taking the step of faith, and I am throwing myself on you, God. I look to you, God. I don't look to my own skill or ability. I don't look to my own strength. God, I look to you. Father, your presence is here, that we would be strong and you help us now to do business with you in Jesus' name. Friends, if that's you right now on three, I'm going to ask that you just move out your seat and come and stand here at the front. One, two, three. That's amazing. Well done. That's good. right now. God, we provoke the greatness that's inside of them. 
I've got it stirred up inside of me, friend. I've got it stirred up inside of me, sir, that, that the mediocre and the average and the ordinary, that is not for you, but there is an excellence inside of you. I speak to your soul and I say, rise up, man of God. Rise up, man of God, everything that you are. Holy God. Oh, I'm speaking to you, friends. That we would become the men and women of God that God has created us and designed us to be. That what you thought was possible, what you probably dreamed that maybe you could do, maybe what was in your imaginations, that that is going to be completely blown because God has got more for you than you even dreamed or designed for yourself. That God wants to stir that greatness up inside of you. Holy Father, our hearts are raised. And I've got a prayer for the church. Church, can we raise our hands to heaven right now? Holy God, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that I can see growth in this church even from being here since last year. And I thank you for that, God. But I'm praying that there would not be 10s and 15s getting rescued from this place. But we're praying for 50s and 100s to come to faith. We're praying for salvations to come. A God that would surprise and shock us. That we would never have seen it coming. But God, that there would be a revival in our communities and in our townships. And God, that we would know what it is to see the salvation springing up from the ground. Holy God. We would dare greatly in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's right now with every hand raised across this place. Lord God, stir us to do more for you. Lord, we are okay with the uncomfortable if it means your kingdom moves forward. We're okay with the uncomfortable if it means you grow us. Lord, we want your will. Stir it in our spirits, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God is good. God is good. Why don't you guys head back to your seats just for a little minute? Wow. Wasn't that good? Can we honor Pastor Mark as he heads to his seat? Well, I could ask us all to be upstanding. God is good, isn't he? What we're going to do is we're going to finish with a song of celebration that declares that we're going to go out and get uncomfortable. That's a funny. And my name is Bill. I love that. God is good. Why don't we sing? See you guys next week and see you this Wednesday here in the building, 7.30. Why don't you bring someone along and let them encounter Jesus.